Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Now we can do this the easy way or we can do it the hard way. The choice is yours. Three's the hard way, three's the hard way, three's the hard way. You want to do it the easy way or the hard way? With over 30 years of combined wrestling experience and knowledge, nearly every bit of it Woody's, Georgia Wrestling History presents Three the Hard Way. Auburn has this year 
Number three in the country. Well, you damn sure can't show me by the way they're playing this <laughs> Where year. Where are they? <laughs> yeah. Where are they? <laughs> I mean, you can have a locker room full of great guys, but um, if you don't have any ideas for them and you can't keep them on the same page, that's I mean that's the, that's the case with everything wrestling or or football or your work life or whatever. Uh, but yeah, what y'all get into? What how many shows y'all run? A thousand. Dude, we took, you know, we're basically, we're in slowdown mode. We're going to two shows a month. And uh, this, just to tell you the truth, we got a little burnout. out. Uh, you know, just running so much, it's hard to keep up the pace. I mean, we, we were doing it and fine, but, you know, we, we like to watch football and, and go hunting yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. So we want to take some time and, and do that kind of stuff. But I did. Yeah, I, I struggled with that this year myself. It's like I yeah. feel like we've been running really, really, and you know, we didn't run extra shows. Um, like we don't, we don't run near the the volume of shows that you do. But we had some pretty, some really heavy stuff going on, and oh, yeah. we were spinning around this and doing this. And then Sacred Ground was such a great success. I just felt like if because now everything we're doing. It's a bit of an experiment. Um, yeah. You you know, I've booked the thing for a while, but it was just different because even when I was booking all the shows and everything, I was still talk to Steve and be like, hey, what do you think about XYZ? And he had final say-so. He was the CEO. I might have been the CFO, but ultimately yeah. I trusted his, his judgment. Um, and I said, well, let's try a couple of different things. Um, so when you pull back like that, there's a fine line, and I hope we didn't cross it. But from what I've noticed, everything has hovered about the same. So I think everybody was just a little beat up and just needed just a little bit of a break. And then, you know, you finish out the year strong, and you come back next year strong, and I think you'll you'll get it back. So, yes, yeah, not yeah, a bad idea. Yeah. Well, uh, well, Daryl went hunting this weekend. He went, he went down to the hunting property down in South Georgia, and he sent me to big-time wrestling Friday night. Yeah. And Saturday sent me down to WrestleCade. So I well, was there with, uh, with a million-dollar million man, Ted DiBiase, and uh, we were sharing the table with him and Ron Simmons. So I really got to hang out with Ron Simmons and Ted DiBiase all weekend. So that's a pretty. it was a pretty good deal. Um, bad. How'd those shows do? Uh, I, the the big time wrestling show in Johnson City, Tennessee, Friday night drawed almost say between seven fifty and eight hundred. Uh, Sting was there. He was uh, uh, signing autographs and stuff, and th- there was a literally two hundred and fifty, three hundred people lined up to pay seventy five hundred dollars a pop to get your picture took with Sting. Some people got more money than they got cents. Saturday at WrestleCade was slap-ass full. Uh, You know, the meet-and-greet was slap-full. You couldn't move. It was hard to function or do anything. It was so full. And then, of course, the event did not sold slap-out, too. Uh, and it was it was loaded. It was it was a loaded event. Uh, they they uh, they pulled out all the whistles and bells for that one. But it was good. I'm always amazed yeah. at those things at how like Sting, notwithstanding, because Sting is not a name that I hear at those things all the time. Um, uh-huh. But I would assume that the saturation point would be reached, and maybe it is in some places and, and for some shows, but. You know, a lot of those guys turn up those things all the time, and there's always somebody there to 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 buy a picture or or to tell a story or something. That's great. I, I think it's great. I'm just always surprised at it. It's like, well, how many times can you meet George South? But you know what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, it was it was so crazy. Over in, in the just the corner of the building we were at, to our left hand side, we had Big Papa Pump. Next to him, we had Kevin Nash. Next to him, Rick Flair. And next to him was uh, uh, Scott Hall. Scott Hall. Then across from them, we had Ron Simmons. We had 
Magnum TA and Ted DiBiase. I mean, that was in one corner of the building. I mean, I, with just those guys alone, you could have filled the building up. Not not including every, you know, they had Sting on the other end of the building. Uh, oh, hey, man, this uh, who's who wrestling was there. It, it was uh, it was a bit of overkill, I believe. Uh, I was I mean, going to say, I feel like you could have saved whatever money and not lost a single person <laughs> on that deal. Yeah. They had, uh, like, say for instance, here, you know, if I was doing it, I would do it differently. You know, of course, everybody says that. But, you know, they said, you know, they pushed over 100 wrestling stars there. And it was. I mean, you know, you had a lot of guys. You had 50 prominent wrestlers that everybody knew who there was, right? Then you had, I mean, I don't mean to sound like a goob, but you had another 50 people that nobody had a clue who they was right. taking that right. good space in the building. Yeah, mass assassin number 17. and <laughs> Exactly, exactly. You know, and yeah. uh, it was just, you know, it could have, you know, could have been done a little different, I believe, but it wasn't wasn't my gig, so. Uh, but, that is, yeah, and that's was, one of those yeah. things about being in the business is no matter whose gig it is, or no matter how well it goes, you always think, "Well, I could have done it a little better." <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I could have done better, but I know I would have done things a little different. I'd have been a little more organized, yeah. I believe, and you know, it was well, ten minutes. Ten minutes. We, are, we got guests coming up here in a little while, so we're just gonna spend a little while on this because I'm interested in it. Um. What is what's the age range like on those things? Is it a lot of you know grandpas and grandkids, grandsons, or is it a lot of I'm gonna, uh, I'm you know, say guys a, quarter, a quarter of your crowd may have been you know I'm not even gonna say quarter. I'm gonna say an eighth of the crowd was kids, and then yeah. I'm gonna say I'm gonna just I'm gonna say for shits and giggles I'm gonna say. Over half the crowd was probably probably over half the crowd was age twenty to thirty five. Wow! So almost that was your big your big thing, and then you had a lot. Of, you know, then you had another probably another eight again, which was probably older gentlemen, uh, older gentlemen and stuff. And then I'm gonna say the other quarter of the crowd was probably Probably women and workers. So yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Your your number was anywhere between the age. I'm gonna say at age of eighteen to thirty five. You know, wow, that's what, still what, what, a little younger than I would expect, given you know the names that you listed off. Um, yeah, just because yeah. those aren't. Yeah, WCW and WWF were super hot. Because that's about my age. thirty. You know, I'm on the upper limit of that. Thirty five is yeah, where I was. Yeah. So anybody that's within a ten year range of me um, was was into it. You know, they were in the boom time, the, the Attitude Era, the w, the Monday Night Wars. All that's what got them. Um, but those aren't you know those aren't those guys. Or at least they're not the top guys of that time. You know, by that time Flair was. I don't want to say on the downside, but he was not being pushed prominently. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he was starting to downhill. Certainly. But, you know, it, it's it's still weird to me that those guys are relatively accessible. So what is the draw? I just I, I want to know what the thing is that, that makes people want to come out to those things. And I'm not – I don't want to come across like I'm saying those things are bad. I'm just, I'm just trying to no, understand. No, no, not at all. How do I get them to come to my show standpoint is really what I'm getting at. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, I don't it, get the it, feeling it, that those guys watch a lot of wrestling live. You know, I don't. I don't. See, a lot of those guys aren't going to indie shows all the time. Yeah, well, say now I know for a fact Scott Hensley was there, and you know they had indie matches going during the day in the in the center of the arena while the the autograph signings and all that was going on. Scott actually said something to the fact that uh, people around him were going, "This guy's." Who is this guy? I've never heard of him. They're, you know, he is it some guy just dressed up acting like a wrestler kind of deal. And uh, yeah, you know, they, a lot of people 
wasn't giving these folks the chance. I guess mainly because I hate to use the word, but they're not mainstream. And, yeah. Uh, you know, you know, WWE is mainstream, and yeah. everybody knows who most of those guys are. And you know, just the way he talked and by listening, handfuls of those people in the crowd, you know, wasn't willing to give him a chance because had a didn't have a clue who it was. So. Yeah, and and that is part of that sort of, you know, we're we're big into celebrity culture, and. You know, I talked about these guys being accessible. Um, you you have to have a certain level of celebrity, I guess, that that to to get a hook on these people who aren't. I think that guys like me and you have trouble sort of piecing this together because we're so close to it. Like I can't understand um, what it's like anymore. To, to not necessarily be in the business. So the nostalgia thing is sort of lost on me right now because I'm in it, and, and I'm more concerned with guys getting over um, who, have a lot of, who have a lot of talent and guys get, making a name for themselves than I am for seeing the guys who had been good for a little while or, you know, the flares of the world obviously were, were on top forever and were great. But, you know, just uh-huh. it's not a big deal now. I, I got you back, Woody. It's not as big a deal for me to go rub shoulders with Flair um, because I can't book Ric Flair. <laughs> and yeah. I'm not rooting as much for Ric Flair. So what I was saying is it is tough for me, for us especially, to sort of take all this in and understand it. You know, like, you're wrestling people. Why wouldn't you want to see the wrestling? But really, I guess these guys that go to these things are more just, you know, they're they're nostalgia fans or they're celebrity fans. And, stuff. Yeah. and the wrestling was just a vehicle that maybe they kind of lost touch with where, you know, me and you were in it day to day and just drenched in the stuff. And so we're like, well, why don't you want to watch the actual wrestling that's going on? <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, I was surprised that, that the money these people were spending, too. I mean, you know, Autographs went started anywhere from twenty dollars up, and uh, yeah, I mean, and and stood in line to do it. You know, I mean, they were yeah, you know, like like Sting was I think Sting was seventy five or hundred, Flair was a hundred, Nash was sixty, uh, uh, Scott Hall I don't know if he was fifty or sixty, and, and those lines stayed full. I mean, the money that yeah, the people that dumped on them, you know. Well, it was course crazy. Uh, now, is this a thing that happens every year? Uh, they, I think this was the fourth event. Uh, it, it's always a big deal, and it always, always does well. Uh, I, I'd heard tales that this year was the last one. I don't know if it's true or not. I, if you sell out 4,000 tickets, I don't know why it would be your last one. <laughs> I I'd, I'm never going. You don't leave on top in that game. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to if you're going to sell four thousand meet and greet tickets, then four thousand to the wrestling show, and then another four thousand the night before on a Friday night deal. Why, why would you stop? <laughs> what are you stopping for? Those wrestlers are going to Lord willing be around next year. Most of, you know the same ones, and, yeah. and judging by how these things go, people will 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 come in to see the same guys. Over and over again, um, was there anybody was there anybody there who had a autograph price that you thought was just like, come on, this dude is charging this much? Mm, no, no, no. After you know, after the thirty, forty dollar autograph stuff, I, I wasn't, you know, nothing shocked me. You know, some of the folks that were there it shocked me. Uh, I was like, the Mulkey Brothers were there. Can you believe that? You know, I but mean, see, if I'm at that kind of show, that's who I'm going to see. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm like the Mulkeys were there. You know, uh, you know, and, and a lot of you Carolina talent was there. Uh, uh, the, the Maestro was there. You know, uh, God, of course, George South was there. Uh, well, yeah. You know, I've seen, uh, I, I can go by a few that I've seen there. I've seen Gunner there. Uh, he was set right over beside us. Uh, 
Uh, Rebel was there. Crazy Steve was there. Had a steamboat was there. Um, let's it sounds see. like a uh, show that somebody ran against my show that time. <laughs> well, I wish we could afford to to have one that big. Uh, yeah. Man, what's his name? Uh, uh, the the guy that took over WCW. Uh, everybody hates him. Uh, oh, used to announce, announce for AWA. Oh man, you Bischoff. know what I'm talking about. Bischoff, Bischoff Eric was Bischoff? there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was there. Uh, uh, the ma- Sonny Ono, the um, wasn't Sonny Ono the manager? Well, yeah, he yeah, was yeah. there. Uh, you know, and that's just on my end of the building. You know, there was so many, there was so many more on the other end of it. Dale Wilkes was there. Uh, oh, that, Lord, what, I can't. These are the, the same guys who, you know, they're con to con to con. It yeah, is yeah. just amazing. It is amazing that they did something, you know, that wrestling meant that much to enough people that you can keep pulling this racket <laughs> over and over and over. Wow, I just I want a piece of that pie. I mean, right. a little slice I mean, of it. All I want. And you know, you dabbled in a little bit of that with your super show. Um, did you? Was that part of it a, a big success? Uh, yeah, I was surprised that the people that, that showed up uh, for autograph signings and stuff. Uh, you know, I, one thing I did notice, uh, me and my girlfriend both noticed. So some folks got there at six thirty that morning for signings, right? So from six thirty, I mean the, the doors open at ten thirty, right? Uh, so they, they waited from six thirty to ten thirty. So they got there, so they could get there, get you know, get in line quick and all that. So they from ten thirty to one o'clock was flat full; you couldn't move. Then all of a sudden, it, everybody parted like the Red Sea. And then the people well, were just coming up and buying tickets were just coming in and getting in the line and saying, you know, not have to wait for everybody. You know, I believe if I was, I was, I, my advice was say, wait till about three hours before the show starts, then come and, and, and do the signings and stuff. Because by that time, all the long lines was gone. Right. It, it was nuts. Standing in line, and there ain't even a big TV for anybody to buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Woody, check your phone. <laughs> All right. Um, but we got some guests coming up, and I'm I'm glad that Woody had that because that leads us in perfectly to what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about a reunion show. We're going to talk with some guys that have been around for a long time, um, and I think we might have one of them on the line right now. That's what I'm checking on right this second. Um, but these things I'm are to get a part here. of business. Um, they're not, I, I don't want to sound like I'm casting judgment on them. I just don't understand them. I hadn't got to that point in my life where, where that's the thing that I understand just yet. Um, but that being, you know, I think we all kind of have one of those in us. I go to like horror movie conventions all the time. Um, mainly yeah. cause I, I started going with a cousin a long time ago and I've kind of fallen out of the love of some of it. Like, I can only meet the guy that played Jason so many times before he's just a dude that I'm, you know, I feel like I know. <laughs> hey, man, what's up? <laughs> the last time I went to one of those things, I did meet Roddy Piper. Um, and that was pretty exciting. And it was not too long after that true ghost story or whatever thing he did came out. Did you ever see that thing, Woody? Uh, no, I don't think so. Well, he tells the story about, I think, the ghost of, of Adrian Adonis. I think Adrian Adonis is dead, right? No <laughs> way. No, he's, who, it, it's not Adrian Adonis. Who was it? At any rate, it was one of his old running buddies. Um, and he says that the, his ghost, uh, like, saved Piper's house from a fire. And I said, Hot Rod, is that real? He said, brother, I'm telling you, I'm shooting you straight. That really happened. And so I'm like, all right. I'm standing here telling ghost stories with Roddy Piper, so I'll take that any day of the week. Now, you talk about telling oh. stories. We got a man rolling in here right now that can tell any kind of story, any kind of place, any kind of where. And he's going to tell us a lot about what he's got going on in this reunion. Is that the rocker Terry Lawler out here? 
Oh, I'm sorry. Was you actually building me up? Oh, so getting you the big introduction, man. I got I to gotta put it on for Terry Lawler. I mean, you'll have a booth like, one of these things before long. I was like, I'm glad I called in. This is going to be somebody famous, but y'all got stuck with me. I apologize. <laughs> well, we'll act like you're famous for a little while. How about that? <laughs> I appreciate that. I thought Brian Lawler was calling. That's going <laughs> Well, what's going on, Terry Lawler? I feel like I ain't seen you in forever. No, nah, I'm just trying to stay busy, trying to, you know, just stay out, stay out of trouble, stay on the road, and just have fun, and, and uh, you know, trying to get to my anniversary of next year, September, and then try to hang it up. Try. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that, Terry, because I've heard that out of you. Um, what are you going to do my... on the weekend if you hang it up? <laughs> Well, well, here's I've been slowly changing my plans. I've been like doing a uh, brewery a month, and just trying to uh, slowly change from you know after twenty something years of somebody tell you where to be every weekend, it is some a bit big drastic change up. So I've been trying to uh, fill in my schedule between bookings, just trying to do that slow fade out. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I, see, it is hard to imagine. The wrestling scene without you in it somewhere, though, man. I mean, I hadn't been here that long, but you, you're just you're you're around. You're always around. You're always doing something. Um, what is it that's making you think about easing out of this thing? It's just uh, current health issues and just mm-hmm. body starting to hurt more ever after each match. And I want to leave the ring proud of what. You know what I finished with. I stood being one of those guys that are begging for bookings, or you're one of the boys, or one of the fans saying, "Oh my God, what's he still doing in the ring?" I don't want to have that on me. I want to be proud of what I left, and I'll, I'll still be coming around the shows. As far as actually in the ring action, I think it's it's time. Okay, all right. Well, we'll see. I will reserve. I will not pass judgment on you. You decide it's not time because this is wrestling, and that's what we do. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to like, like try to pull your string or nothing, but Terry, I'm not going to lie. You're just as good as you was when I met you 20 something years ago. Uh, you, you you haven't missed a lick. Uh, I mean, what what in the world? What keeps you up to that cup to par like that? You know, your body didn't break down near as fast. Say as say for instance, as fast as mine did. Uh, you you still got it. You know what? what you know, how do you keep that up? Uh, luck. Luck. <laughs> luck. Well, that's a damn honest answer. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> folks, you better write it down. We just got an honest answer from a wrestler. <laughs> you know, I would say, you know, the whole, you know, take your vitamins and live right, but I haven't really lived right for a big part of my life, but I've had fun, but there's just been pure luck, I guess. Wow. I guess I wasn't so lucky. <laughs> well, you know, Woody. Well, now, I was going to say you like to get out there and do a lot of other stuff, but, you know, the, the rocker, the rocker's lived his life. Um, I will ask you this, though, Terry. Like, you are psychology first. Do what's right for your spot on the card. Um, do what's right for the match. Do what's right with your opponent. How much of that do you think has let you – have a lot of longevity where you didn't go do a bunch of a, a whole lot of crazy stuff. Well, um, I guess I had some you know good teachers, and then it took me a while. You know, when we're rookies, you kind of go all crazy trying to get your name out there, and then eventually you learn to work smart, not hard. But um, I did I did did my share of hardcore for you know a few years, but I guess I just keep going back to that same word, luck. <laughs> no. The truth is the truth. Well, what wow. is the reunion I keep hearing tell about? Come on, the uh, the Christmas chaos. Uh, yeah, no, the uh, well, no. I, I was actually t- the the one like you just did Thanksgiving, the uh, the NAWA NGWA reunion show. Yeah, we uh, Thanksgiving night we that was a nice little crowd. Uh, we had uh, up at the butcher in the house, Tate Long, Lee Thomas, of course, Danny Dees, and. You know, Phil Hefner, 
Massacre showed up out of nowhere. Chip Day. Wow. He had a. It was a huge variety of some of the early guys, and then some of the latter versions of the NAWA guys. So it was a. You know, if you took a roster over the years, you just start handpicking people stuff. It was it was good to have a lot of those guys under one roof one more time at least. That's good. That's good. Uh, well, who did you take on? What what did what, what part did you play in in that? It was D and D Enterprise, managed by Danny D's, of course. Had um, Shane Roberts, Michael Cross, Tank. Chip Day and Murder One on the same team. Wow. Versus versus my, myself of Team Extreme Army with Phil Hefner, uh, Max Steele, Dirty White Boy Jimmy Powell, Chris Nams, Bobby Hayes, Little Fabio. I'm doing the math. Make sure that was five wrestlers involved in that. Yep, it was five and five. <laughs> <laughs> Five or five eliminations that came down to uh, Michael Cross and Dirty White Boy. And it was Dirty White Boys. See if I still have it, and he still does match. And uh, pending. Wow. What Dirty White Boy used to be one of the favorites in Rome. Well, it's, he was hot all over the state of Georgia for many years. He, uh, how was his game? Was it still... Still up the par. He's he uh still rock and roll and strutting and strolling out there and the, and the it was good to see the crowd you know giving the just you know that he deserved and uh, I mean hell he he went through all the way through the uh, the whole match and ended up winning so he uh, hung it up for the best of them. Wow, that's great. That's great. I love him. You see, I not a word white boy. I will not say a word about him. I'm still scared of him. <laughs> to this day, still scared of it. <laughs> I was watching, uh, we were watching Continental with, uh, with with some of the guys, and I was like, he came on the TV, and I was like, I just froze. I was like, man, I'm I'm a kid again because this dude used to terrify me. <laughs> it didn't matter how he was working, if the crowd, well, I didn't care because he looked like every dude at a store that I was scared of. So. <laughs> <laughs> there was something about him, man, and I mean, he did. He had that look like it doesn't matter what kind of shape he's in, doesn't matter who he's in there with. He just had that look like, well, nothing anybody's going to do is going to actually hurt him. <laughs> and it's oh. not that he, you know, went in no sold a bunch of stuff. It's like just the, his mere presence was just this. I'm going to fight you until I win. It don't matter if that's today, <laughs> tomorrow, <laughs> or next week. If I see you, I'm gonna fight you. <laughs> now, are you confusing uh, Jimmy Powell, Dirty White Boy Jimmy Powell, with Dirty White Boy Tony Anthony? See, Woody, I don't even, I don't make a distinction. Just anybody who calls themselves that is scaring me. <laughs> <laughs> all of them, all of the dirtiest white boy, <laughs> every one of them. See, I knew there was multiple, didn't care. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's – well, y'all give me a little uh, give me a little history lesson on that promotion because that's one that I didn't get to see. You want to tell them a little bit about it, Terry? You go ahead and I can fill in the gaps. I know what – Okay, because well. at, at, at the time – see, at the time that uh, – the NAWA and NGWA was going pretty hot and heavy. I was working in the Carolinas and in the Tennessee area. I didn't. I worked there a few times, but but not many. Uh, uh, that's the reason I can't tell you a lot about it. But that's the reason I was kind of putting it toward on you. <laughs> okay, I'll take over. Um, NGWA came out of uh, Georgia All Stars, which Prior to that was Jerry Blackwell's AWA South or Southern Championship Wrestling, and uh, it changed hands several different you know times. 1996, NGWA took on a group I was involved in called the EZWA. Winner takes all. We won, and they end up changing their name to NAWA the following year. But it's been 
he's the one that's been a pretty much a mainstay since the mid nineties here in the Georgia, as far as Canton, Rome, Douglasville, this whole little area. For, That's so. See, when you say '96, like I, that, I can't even imagine. Like, like there were independent <laughs> promotions in '96. Surely not. That's when Raw came on. That was all the wrestling it was. <laughs> but there was so much that still went on. How much, Terry, do you think that you've just out and out forgotten? Are there any promotions you worked for that you think that you just don't have any recollection of? Hmm. Let's say the first part of my career. Uh... My mind was a little foggy back then. Sure, <laughs> don't make you a bad person. So I'm sure that there there's quite a few there. Probably did one also on that I didn't, don't you know give myself credit for being a part of their team. But you know, it was after 27 years, I'm bound to forget quite a bit. Yeah, that, that's, that's so did, wild. Did you, you know the same weather? Go ahead. Oh, I I I. I, I might have uh, took a nip for two back in, and, <laughs> but uh, you, did you ever work? I'm, I'm sure you did. You, you worked for Mickey Henry, some um, Boaz, Alabama. Couple of times. Couple of times. I don't know if you're familiar with him, uh, Matt. That's uh, Mickey the Hammer Henry. Uh, he laid uh, claim to. Uh, training all the great stars that he never trained. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, I've heard of, I've heard a Mickey Henry story or two. <laughs> yeah, he he's he was. Uh, I mean, he's a pretty good promoter, you know, as far as promoting and working in town and stuff. But uh, you know, I figured you can, draw Boaz, you can draw just about anywhere. <laughs> and, I say Mickey's still running Boaz. I think that I think that's Buff used to work there. Bagwell used to work there, you know, off and on. But I was always shocked when I'd see that pop up. Like Boaz, like I, even I'm I go all over Alabama and I've been to Boaz like once. Um, there's a mall there. That's about all. And I was like, why in the world is somebody <laughs> running this Boaz? Uh, somebody was telling me stories from there once. I can't remember who it was, but it was. Like, always the building would be a little crazy or there'd be some extremely weird stipulation, and the part about him training everybody always came up. It's, uh, I, I was there working one time, and uh, I literally seen Mickey Han- Henry. So, you know, the wooden folding chairs, you remember them things? I literally seen Mickey throw one about, 50 feet across the arena like a Frisbee and a guy. And uh, that's one of my fondest Mickey Henry stories. But he literally, and he threw that thing, I'm not kidding, he threw it at probably 50 mile an hour. Double-handed, <laughs> wheeled that thing at a guy. And if it had hit him with it, it would have killed him. You know, and it was it was crazy. Had it been an Olympic sport, he might have won. <laughs> I think it was in Boaz. The, the wooden chair toss was was a time honored tradition. He probably did it in high school. <laughs> now we're doing all this old school talk. I knew it wouldn't be long before we were joined by somebody else. I believe I heard his name mentioned just earlier. Is that the Hill Daddy Chris Nelms calling me? Yes, sir, it is. How's it going, gentlemen? Gentlemen, well-spoken individual. (laughs) By them 605 boys. Yeah. (laughs) How's it going tonight, Chris? I'm well, I'm well. I'd be a lot better if I were at home. (laughs) Well, ain't that the truth. Ain't that the truth. Now, you talk about staying busy um, against all opposition. Chris Nels, when the last weekend you took off? I was actually off this past weekend, uh, with the exception of, of wrestling Thursday in Rome. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm going to give it. If the NFL gets to take Thursday, you get to have it. <laughs> 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 I'm going to give you Thursday. But no, man, you don't. You don't not work a 
whole lot of time. How do you stay booked everywhere? I, I just keep putting my name out there, and uh, somehow I've been blessed. And you took so much shit a few years ago. Yes, sir. I mean, just so much of it. But I look around, a lot of people who was given that, they're not working nearly as much as you do. Um, was it a motivating factor, or did you just keep chopping wood? I I never really, never really took it to heart. Just kept doing my thing. Um, I was right. fortunate to hang around some people that really uh, had my back, uh, like a Terry Lawler and uh, the 605 crew, and I just tried to keep myself busy. Tim, I need to ask something now. So, Matt, what you're trying to say is people actually talk about other people in the wrestling world? It was the weirdest thing, Woody. Like, this what? hadn't happened before, and it has not happened since. It was just Chris who they were all mad at. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had no clue about this. <laughs> Holy moly. Uh, well, Jeff, t- tell us about the 605 crew. Tell us a little bit about the 605 crew. Well, the 605 crew is just a uh, group of us guys that uh, enjoy old school wrestling, and uh, we get together and try to keep ourselves busy. Um, that'd be uh, myself, Terry Lawler, Jamie Holmes, Big Andy. Um, we've actually... Uh, Added in the Jagged Edge and Justin Legend as well. That's a pretty pretty strong little, little lineup there. Pretty strong. I would probably book him, guys. You'd probably book them, guys. Well, you guys were sort of the epicenter, you know, the the the, the originals out at Southern Fried. Um, can you believe what that turned into? It's, yeah, there's there's some good things happening over there. I uh, actually dropped by a couple weeks ago um, and got to hang out in the locker room and made my presence known again there. So uh, I'll definitely be back there uh, the 11th and see what happens going forward. So. And how did you, or not necessarily you, because I kind of know how you are. You're you're not kidding when you say it's take it in stride and you, you just roll with the punches. But how did sort of the overall locker room feel as you started getting their foot in at Southern Fried and then, you know, you saw some of the, the other talent start to come from other places and maybe uh, get some of the spots that some of those other guys had. Um, was there ever a sort of this transition time where it was a little rough over there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And um, there there's some guys there that still feel, you know, that, their spots might be in jeopardy, but now it's time to step up or step off. I mean, oh, my God. Right? Oh, oh, my God. Hell has froze over twice tonight. Oh, we have got two honest answers out of a wrestler. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. You, you know, that, that might be one of the reasons I caught so much shit a few years ago is uh, – that's one thing I've always tried to do is be honest. Holy moly. Even when the whole world seemingly was against you, I, you didn't back down. No, he never. I can honestly say he never missed a lick, but he he, he, he never slowed down. He never stopped. He, uh, he kept going. Uh, Chris, how about what kind of mentors Terry been to you? Oh um, man, whoa, whoa, whoa. Terry's Terry's been Family a show. <laughs> 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 we, we won't we won't talk about those weekends off that Terry's uh, taken okay. more more frequently. We'll leave those out. <laughs> but uh, I've actually been a huge Terry Lawler fan for the most part of my life. So being able to hook up and learn from Terry Lawler's been amazing. That's good. Have you ever seen I'm Terry not- Lawler? Not go the extra mile to give somebody a piece of advice. Has he ever shrugged anybody off that you've ever seen? I I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. It's just me then. He treats bad. Have you had the privilege of going to, to a widespread panic concert with him yet? 
No, I have not. We uh, we actually did Blackberry Smoke with ZZ Top and Greg Allman recently, which was a blast with uh, him and oh. Air Paris. So that was that was quite quite interesting. Can I chime in? Yes, please. you're welcome. Not only did we go together, we actually borrowed Ox's uh, ring band, and we all went down to one big group and interacted with the ring band. Wow. <laughs> That's one thing I can say about Terry, Terry Lawler. He's always had a soft pot, spot for the slow person, so his slow person would be Air Paris. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, uh, all jokes aside, I'm, I'm just kidding. You know that. But I always kid with Every time I see Terry, I always tell him that uh, that I used to watch him wrestle when I was a kid, and I'm older than he is. So Terry gets so sick of hearing that. That's the reason I keep saying it. So, and you know, Terry is a guy. Go ahead, Terry. It's like every time I'm on one of his shows or anywhere near him, in a microphone that's going to come out. By the time intermission ends. And I'm right there in front of everybody, so there's no way of hiding from it. It is. He's good at that. He's real good at that move. That is his favorite move. That's why he quit wrestling, so he could just sit back at his table and scratch his chin and talk on that microphone. That's what he does. Who <laughs> 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 he thinks he's fooling. <laughs> but that, and it, you know, Terry, you and Chris and, and those guys have all had a great camaraderie. Um, how did it come about? Was it did were y'all just around each other a lot, or was there you know something in particular that kind of drew you all together? Sorry, Chris. Or is it double secret kayfabe? If <laughs> <laughs> y'all got a body buried somewhere, Terry, you go first. <laughs> no, it, it's uh, you know, uh, sometimes you don't know who. You mean something too? To you actually bump into them either in the locker room or take out town with a fan, sign their autographs, and actually get to know them, not just as a paying customer. And um, sometimes those fans turn into be some of your best friends in the world, and it's just a, it's a weird family, you know. Whether you've been for five years or fifty years, it's it's still a weird family, but we are a family. And um, I think when Woody can tell you down at Gulf Coast, someone made this saying that you know. Is where your friends become your enemies, become your friends, and uh, everybody has a hero in this business. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that that's part and parcel to it too. Is um, when you get guys that you can travel around to stuff with that's not a booking, that's when you know that you're you're locked in step. You know, you you and you, you hear Woody talk about, it and I, I got my guys that I go to things with, and I think that if you're Listen to this, and you're in the business, and you don't have that. That's probably going to hold you back at some point. Would Would y'all agree with that? Most definitely. Um, I, I don't know if you can. I don't know if anybody can teach you directly how to how to operate in the locker room. But you that is is Chris. Is that something that you think hurts a lot of younger guys? Yeah, I would think so. A lot of a lot of guys come in with that chip on their shoulder and you know, it just it takes time to figure out what's going on and where your place is in the locker room. Woody, what do you tell your your guys that you're training about that? Is that something you address directly or do you just kinda set a good example? Uh you know I, I try to you know, teach them to Treat others like you'd want to be treated, you know, and and to never think you're better than nobody else. And, you know, everybody has some something to offer a show, no matter how good or how bad they are. And uh, you know, you, you you teach these guys stuff that nowadays, but it, it's easily forgot, you know, if you don't keep beating yeah. it in the head. And uh, you know, there's a uh, it's uh, I'm trying to say figure out how I'm trying to say, but you know it's it's hard to lead them to water, and you know you can lead them to water, yeah. but you can drink. 
can't make them drink. That's true. Yeah. Um, Terry, where would was there? I know you've had a, you've been everywhere, and you've got a lot of friends. Is there one particular locker room that stands out to you over your time that you were like, this is home, home? Not because someone's on the other end of this conversation, but I've always enjoyed the uh, Woody's locker room. It's always been good. Uh, everybody knows the what they're doing. Thing. Everybody knows what they're doing. It's, it's a team effort. You know, if you tell somebody to fall down and just, you know, whatever, it, they do it, it there's no question because they know they – it's not about the spot show. It, they're all in it for the bigger picture down the road. Um, if the show wins, everybody wins. And, and those are good locker rooms to be part of. Yeah, I'll That's right. Um, that was, that was one of the first things that I learned was like when I was – when I got into Woody's locker room, I finally knew how it was supposed to go. Oh, this is what it's like when there's a boss. And this is what it's like when everybody I, – I say the phrase all the time that we're pulling the rope the same way. Um, this is how that feels. Okay, uh, I get it. Because, see, I didn't – like, I didn't. I was not in the PCW locker room. Um, I started outside of that and worked my way into it. So I didn't uh, – you know, I was just catch-as-catch-can for a long time. So – I didn't understand what the dynamics could always felt like. You know, I'd go to this place, like, oh, they do it this way, and go to this place, well, they do it completely differently, and I don't think either one of them are exactly geared towards success. And then I got to Woody, it's like, oh, okay, all right, all right. Chris, is there one for you like that? Um, I'd, I'd have to say, go back to where I started uh, down in Milledgeville for GIWA. Mike Stratus, just, he, he always knows what he wants and how to get there. And would y'all think, Woody, would you think it's fair to say that the guys want to be led? Oh, Lord, no. God, no, they don't want to be led. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, no. They want, to, they, want to, they want to do what they've seen on TV this week, whether it makes any damn sense or not. But, uh, uh, no, I mean, I, I hate to sound like a goo, but that's just is this the truth. I mean, you got you got twenty percent of guys that, that are willing to willing to go with the program. The rest of them they march the own beat of their own drum. And if they don't like what you have, they're going to go on down the road somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I, I think once you can recognize that sometimes you have to let them, man, you're yeah. in good shape. <laughs> if you can just start culling that group out and 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 just get the ones that really truly want to be there. Um, that's, and I would imagine if you track back the awards or you track back the shows that were super successful, the ones that had the highest percentage of guys who wanted to be there and wanted to do it the way that the show wanted to do it are the ones that were always at the top. But, uh, yes, it's crazy. Hey, uh, what do y'all guys got coming up here, the, uh, here in the next future? We're almost at an hour already. I can't believe it. Tell me about it. Well, I guess I'll go first there then. Um, I'm actually I'm in, I'm in Milledgeville this weekend for uh, GIWA. Next weekend I'm uh, in Jasper, Alabama for Mike Jackson um, and Southern yeah. Fried PC. Then the Southern Fried PCW show on the 11th. Yes, sir, on the 11th. I'm geared up. I don't know about you, Chris, now, but I'm geared oh, up. Most, most definitely. I heard something about uh, one of my specialties, a bunkhouse stampede, and got really excited about that. I'll be there. There'll be a lot going on during that. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll wait to the end portion and I'll tell the folks what I'm thinking. Uh, Terry Lawler, what's up with you? Yeah, I got a brewery tour coming up soon. Fill in the gap. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be at Sweetwater uh, this Saturday from four to uh, <laughs> Taking sponsorships right now. Somebody want to promote me? I'll promote you. Now, um, I guess I'll be, I got some stuff scattered out, but uh, something I'm looking forward to is actually in the new year, um, the AIWF 25th anniversary stuff. Uh, that oh, yeah. Inducted me, me to the Hall of Fame that Saturday, 
something I call Mayberry, which, which is actually Mount Airy on that Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then that following Sunday, we got to drive wee hours in the morning into a um, place that's very special. My brother and myself is Beaufort, Georgia. And I just found out today they announced it that there's possible me and him teaming up. Wow. And so, um, uh, str- strangely a, speaking, speaking of that, Terry, um, I guess I'll be uh, the one to make that announcement. Um, you you got the text as well, but it looks like it'll be uh, you and brother against Justin and myself in a uh, barroom brawl that day. Well, that, that just got interesting. <laughs> Whew, all that okay. fun and games are gonna go out the window. <laughs> well, you know, as I was talking about the 605, you know, is uh, I made a post uh, a few weeks ago, stuff that now I'm an EOW, Equal Opportunity Wrestler. So, uh, you know, like uh, the old saying goes, pay me, book me, you know, book me, pay me. <laughs> and uh, Junkyard Dog had old saying was, uh, if price is right, I'll be there tonight, you know. <laughs> yeah, that brother of yours is tougher than a Timex. He'll take a licking and keep on ticking for sure. He's still going at it. So what about you? Well, gentlemen, what got coming it up? is. Oh, it is. Uh, yeah, we got it. What do you go first? You you take the rest of the time with. The oh, well, I got coming he'll, up. He'll say we're gonna run two shows a month, but then who knows? <laughs> I got a I have one. show coming up in La Follette. We just had it. <laughs> just got one this weekend. Got uh, just got Friday night in Blue Ridge, Georgia, uh, at uh, eight eight o'clock. Got a Friday night show. Then on the seventeenth, uh, the seventeenth of December, we have one in Canton, Georgia. And that's all we've got the rest of the year. I told you, man, two a month. Laying low. Laying low. Well, PCW is back in action in Porterdale this Saturday. Um, Brian Blaze is just that. He is on fire, and he has set his sights on Gunnar Miller. But, um, you know, Gunnar's got a pretty good manager, and he is creatively – Weaved his way through litigation that he, uh, he may or may not take the match. We don't know. Um, it's, I have planned for that match to happen because I think Gunner wants to be a fighting champion, but he's with Jeff G. Bailey, and um, he's been at this a long time. But for sure I know what's going to happen is our guest from just a couple weeks back, Miss Jessica Powerhouse Lee, will be making her PCW debut, and she will be taking on the fallen flower Kikyo, who is flying all the way here from California and other parts west. And I'm telling y'all, she is what is that? Out. That is Saturday, my friend. Man, I'm going to get heat at the house. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling to, you, Woody. I'm coming to Portland. Dude, I'm 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 a dang I'm a the fallen flower mark. Don't tell nobody. So well, I you know I thought about that last night. I said if Woody finds out I got this girl, he'll try to down steal her because that's what he likes to do. I'm gonna come down and steal her. <laughs> but maybe we can maybe we can butter her up and we'll get her back here and, and and get her working for both of us. I'm excited. I am flat out excited. Um, I love women's wrestling. Um, I think that it's it's a great time for it. Kiko is amazing, and I think that this might be the chance that Jessica has to really, really show what she's got and break out of this thing. And as you know with PCW, anything in the world is possible, just like it was possible somehow for Southern Fried and PCW to work together on one show. If you told me this was going to happen a year ago, I'd say you're crazy. (laughs) You are the craziest (laughs) person alive. But it is going to happen. On Sunday, December 11th, and on our part of the show, you know, everybody does things a little differently. I try to keep it a little closer to the vest. I like for people to be surprised, but I'm going to let this cat out of the bag. Match one of the seven-match series, or excuse me, yeah, between Shane Marks and the Gladiator Jeremiah, formerly Slim. Holy moly. Wow. So, yeah, get ready, boys. I'm coming. Chris, you better tell him I'm coming. <laughs> I'm bringing <laughs> up with guns blazing. We are coming, 
and it is not to show anybody up. It's to just make sure we do our part to have a great show. Um, I kind of cut my teeth. The first shows I ever did were these things where I worked with Woody and Empire, so um, I'm always used to being under the gun on these things, so I, I'm, I'm coming out firing, excited, <laughs> ready to do it. Well, gentlemen, we thank you so much. Thank y'all brought a little class to our to our show. Y'all gave us honest answers, so you are welcome here anytime you want to promote, anytime you want to chew the fat, or anytime you want to talk bad stuff about Woody. We are glad to have you on Three the Hard Way. Thank y'all. Take care, gentlemen. Thank you. Yeah. Well, that will do it for us here. Uh, you can join Steve and Larry Goodman here in a couple of weeks on the Tipping Point. I'm Matt Hankins. That's Big Wood. Thank y'all so much. We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.